Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. Seizing your brand new week. Who knows? Pregnant with possibilities. No matter what happens this week, for the most part, you're going to have a better week than Mark Zuckerberg. I guarantee you that. Uh, dimly lit room, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Obscene chanting. <laughs> you know, we start the week on a light note. I'm not sure how comfortable I am with an F-bomb chanted. From coast to coast, at every college football game, every pro football game, every NASCAR race, whatever, the F. Joe Biden chant. Restaurants. Restaurants, good Airport Lord. Airport concourses. Oh. Yeah. Wherever, wherever more than two human beings are. <laughs> F. Joe Biden. <laughs> oh, whoever came up with that. I wonder if they knew it was going to take off like this. It's the summertime jam of the summertime. So the whistleblower that Joe was quoting from a couple of weeks ago from Facebook revealed herself on 60 Minutes last night, and we got plenty of that coming up later, but uh, she's going to be grilled by Congress this week, and this is one of those rare instances where you got Republicans and Democrats who are excited to grandstand and, mm-hmm. and, and tar her with, or tar Facebook with being the worst thing on earth. And uh, oh boy, you, you want to see some uh, just over-the-top hysteria. That's going to be Congress grilling this whistleblower from Facebook later, later got, this week. As we got a preview of uh, last week, also really old people who don't understand social media attempting to grill her. Right, but she was uh, pretty frank about uh, Facebook and what it knows and what it ignores and all that sort of stuff, and we'll play clips of that a little bit later. wonder if she's uh, feeling safe or, you know. Nobody's standing up for Facebook, so other than Mark Zuckerberg, you know, sneaking up behind her with a sack full of nickels, I can't imagine anybody that's angry with her. Uh, Facebook has no friends at this point. Just its billions of users around the world, and it's trillions of dollars it earns. I don't even think they like the company, though. Uh, No, probably not. I don't think there's any. Facebook is, I'd, I'd like to see what its current approval rating is. Remember when it was just, everybody loved it. It was just nothing but positive. And it's nothing but negative now because lefties think it's where right wingers, you know, plan overthrows of the government. Right wingers think they don't allow uh, any of their information on the site, and uh, so there's just nobody that likes it. Well, what what the, the good news is the thing that can bring us all together is whether you're a conservative or a liberal, your children are being made miserable by social media. Can we join together and protect the kids? Yeah, and they know that. And they and they know that it's uh, getting worse. And they put some uh, they put some um, algorithms and that sort of stuff in place during the election because they're worried about getting blamed for Trump winning again, like they did uh, when Trump beat Hillary because of all of that Russian interference. Right. And uh, and so they put some protections in place during the election. As soon as the election were over, they pulled the protections back off again, and uh, once again fed people whatever they wanted to hear with the angriest, craziest stuff at the top of the list. So there you Mm -hmm. go. We'll have more on that later. 
It's October uh, and the first Monday of October, so the Supreme Court kicks off today, and we could take a look at some of the big cases that they're going to discuss this season. Luckily, nothing controversial, nothing that'll <laughs> cause people any uh, vapors or just, shouting uh, or chanting in the streets. Just uh, the end of Roe versus Wade, quite possibly, which is not the end of abortion. I don't know how many people are going to figure that out by the time we get there, but... Handmaid's Tale, back alley, it's blah, not, blah, blah. Not going to end abortion at all. It's just going to end the Roe versus Wade ridiculousness, which almost all lawyers agree is ridiculous. Guns, Supreme Court goes a certain direction, going to be able to carry handguns outside the house, which I don't know why you shouldn't be able to based on the Second Amendment. But, but other than guns and abortion, <laughs> virtually nothing controversial. Just probably voting rights and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, all kinds of stuff. So that'll be exciting. And they start today with Brett Kavanaugh, who got the... Um, uh, Got the COVID last week. I assume at one of those college sex parties that he goes to. Oh boy, Jesus! I'm not sure that's documented. <laughs> but he he won't be in the room with the rest of the justices who are getting together for the first time in two years because of COVID. Right, right. Of course, you can't you can't blame them. They're all most of them are pretty old. They're they're actually in the group that had to be worried about COVID. Oh yeah, I would agree. Maybe old Justice Kavanaugh just uh, got used to not commuting. Not having to fight D.C. traffic, which is a nightmare. It's I like, am, I, I got a sore throat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I better stay home. I'll see you on the Zoom meeting. <laughs> Pretty sure it's the COVID. Waiting for the test to come in. <laughs> you throw the uh, robe over your tidy whities sit in front of the computer. <laughs> exactly. Have a drink to your right out of screenshot. He's got the NFL ticket playing just off screen. <laughs> Keeping an eye on it. <laughs> Ah, baseball season wrapped up over the weekend. Oh, unbelievable. A team won 106 games and lost their division. The Dodgers of Los Angeles. First time ever anybody's ever won that many games and not won their division. Yeah, thanks to the Giants. 107. So there you go. Um, we're going to get into all those stories. And our text line, as always, is 415-295-KFTC. We should start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Monday. October 4th, year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Here we go. According to FCC rules and regulations, the show begins officially at Mark. This year marks the 50th anniversary of Disney World. To celebrate turning 50, Disney has opened a new ride, Mr. Goofy's Wild Colonoscopy. <laughs> I know an old joke when I hear one. Yeah. What? I need it, though. I need it. I need the humor. I need the silly humor. Just the, the, the constant anger and bitterness and the, the, the warring political religions. And uh, probably tomorrow we're going to be talking about Matt Taibbi's fabulous piece. He was talking about how the different news, you know, directions, conservative news, uh, progressive news, have become like religions, very much like religions. Yeah, and, that's interesting. And, and it's a religious war. And I'm just, ah, I'm tired of it. If you like silly, did you see the Cars sketch on Saturday Night Live with Owen Wilson, the voice of Lightning McQueen? Did not. Oh, my God, that was funny. That was a fun, one of the funniest things I, th- I think they've done in a long time. And especially, you know, if you either grew up with Cars or your kids did. Sketch sure. It's so, it's, it just holds such a, you know, special, innocent thing. And, of course, they worked completely off of the other direction. From the whole innocent thing. <laughs> Cars right. 4 was coming out. No one had to come in and cut all his lines. So he's doing all the Lightning McQueen lines, except uh, Lightning McQueen, has, his life has taken a terrible turn <laughs> in Cars 4. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Oh, you my know, it's God. As if uh, Tim Allen and Tom uh, Hanks uh, came together and did a Buzz and Woody. 
Yeah. You know, nasty parody. That'd be hilarious. Are you kidding? It's pretty funny. Anyway, uh, we got plenty to talk about to kick off on Monday, and we hope you will join us. And how's mailbag look? Uh, it's, It's pretty good. It includes the most confusing email we have ever received in our career. Awesome. And you'll hear from that Facebook whistleblower this hour also, so stay here. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, we haven't mentioned the big infrastructure bills, the the, the turn us into France legislation. Um, it's been put off until the end of October, so we got a little breathing room, but we'll talk about that later. But maybe if we uh, you know, keep spending money like that, we can have inflation like they've got in Venezuela, where they're going to introduce currency with six fewer zeros today because it's gotten so incredibly unmanageable. So you don't have to pay a million dollars for a loaf of bread. You can knock a few zeros off and get back to a number you can, like, comprehend. Sure, that's some good sound economic reform right there. <laughs> but I got more on that later, too. Anyway. Oh, and two. Exactly. That's right, Vin. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Going back to Marcus Tullius Cicero. Roman thinker, statesman. Though liberty is always established by law, we must be vigilant, for liberty to, to enslave us is always present under the very that very liberty. Our Constitution speaks of the general welfare of the people. Under that phrase, all sorts of excesses can be employed by lusting tyrants to make us bondsmen. You don't want to be a bondsman. Lusting tyrant sounds like good work if you can get it. Yeah, but then you have to have all sorts of bondsmen. Sure. A man under bonds, I believe, not Barry Bonds, not somebody who sells bonds, but a uh, a, uh, a slave, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mailbag. Woo-hoo! Folks, I need to apologize in advance for this email. It includes an unfortunate term that you hear occasionally these days. Rhymes with mooshes. This is from Big Janie, who writes... I, in fact, I've got to edit this email fairly heavily. Big Janie? Big Janie. Okay. I how, wish how I had big? this. We, have any idea how, we don't have an idea. Does not say. Okay. Fairly large, I'm guessing. I wish I had two blanks because the two of you are a pair of douches. With that being said, <laughs> keep up the good work. <laughs> AKA, keep offending. I love you guys. All right. And, and I, having been somewhat confused by that email, I went back and searched on this sender, and indeed, she is a, a big fan of the show. Just a tad earthy in her language. There you go. <laughs> we could hang out, Janie. Absolutely. Paolo uh, mentioning that NASCAR fans were chanting hmm, the unfortunate chant that you're hearing these days. Every football game, baseball game, as Jack was saying, airport concourse, so, blank Joe Biden. So it, 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 it tends to happen in, in areas where Joe Biden is not as not a popular. Like you're not going to, at a UCLA game, you're not going to get the whole crowd chanting blank Joe Biden probably like you are probably at a, less likely. Like you are at a Florida Gators game. Or an Oklahoma game, yeah, for instance, exactly. yeah. Or a NASCAR race, as it turns out. And, and Hanson, I think, is working on editing this, but it's difficult to edit when somebody is chanting that, well, somebody, the crowd, in the background. But uh, Brandon something or other 
won the NASCAR race. And as the NASCAR fans are chanting loud as heck in the background, I mean, it's it's absolutely inescapable what they're chanting. The reporter says, as you can hear the chants from the crowd, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> God, which shows you how siloed we all get. So that's somebody that works or lives in the world of media where you haven't heard about the F. Joe Biden chant, because otherwise you'd know exactly what it was. But she's probably completely unaware of it because they're not talking about it on MSNBC or CNN. Either that or she was just trying to cover what was being plainly aired. Well, I if, mean, if you I, hadn't I, quick thinking, if you hadn't heard of it, you wouldn't like wouldn't you wouldn't think that's what's happening because it's so unprecedented. Yeah. A hundred thousand people chanting blank the president. Not but a joke. The, uh, the not a joke. Ch- the poor, cute little reporterette with her, her blazing white teeth and her perky boobs. Uh, she's she's doing the inevitable winner of the race interview, and there are F-bombs being chanted in the background, and she cleverly thought, all right, how do I stay on the air? And uh, at least that's what I'm thinking. But I don't know. Uh, moving along, Don writes, uh, you guys mentioned that bills aren't being debated these days. No amendments, etc. That's true. It's one of the more interesting things I've heard in quite some time. Used to be, you'd throw a bill on the floor, you'd get dozens, hundreds of amendments, debated, voted, wrangling, speeches, compromises, etc. Now, the leadership just gives the complete bill and you vote on it because they told you to. Uh, anyway, Don goes on to write, 2,500 page bill is thrown up and Pelosi says vote on it. This was her tactic on Obamacare too, remember? We have to pass it to see what's in it. Pelosi is a, is the problem or certainly a big part of it. We need a speaker that's willing to debate an issue and not try to force it down our throats. You know, it's signed Don. It could be signed voters from both parties. Yeah, it's been going this way for a while. There have been zero bills with amendments since 2017, which was the first year in our nation's history that that happened. And now it happens every year. Right. It's right. really wild and, and, and underreported. Right. It's not legislating anymore. It's very much a, uh, I don't know, what would you call it, a, an oligopoly or a plutocracy or something? It's a very, very small group of people who declare what the laws shall be. I, I don't have the information in front of me right now. When I talked about it last week, it was from Justin Amesh, the uh, libertarian uh, congressperson um, uh, who's no longer in Congress. But he pointed out that as recently as nine, in the 90s, I think, it would be common to have 400-some amendments proposed. Uh, during a uh, during a legislative session or bills with le- with amendments, now it's mm-hmm. zero. I mean, that's how yeah. much it's changed in just a few years, and everybody should be aware of that. Yeah, agreed. I think it's an enormous scandal. Nobody's reporting on it, but us. Uh, speaking of which, Alvin, the always uh, reliable Alvin, writes, guys, if Biden said that crazy uh, giant bill to turn us into France costs nothing, then why is there a need to raise the debt limit? Yeah, I want to talk more about that later. I got I listened to a great podcast about the whole thing over the weekend and just like shocked me back into reality uh, in a way I think we've all gotten off track. But talk about that later. All right, Jack, I'm going to give you the choice. Do you want schools terrifying children, (laughs) the student loan forgiveness piece from 60 Minutes or concentration camps in China? I didn't watch the student loan forgiveness from 60 Minutes. Hit me with that. Uh, Okay. It's uh, it, it it will it will make you insane uh, at th- that topic. I've actually talked about it in the past. Came across written articles about it, but gentlemen, I assume you saw the sixty minutes piece. This isn't just the military, of course. It's the program where if you agree to a public service career, after you make a hundred and twenty fairly small payments on your loans, the rest is forgiven. In other words, you work in public service for ten years, we forgive the rest of your student loans. You can be a cop, a firefighter, a soldier. There are a number of jobs that are covered, um, but. 
everybody who says, all right, I'm at the 10 years, it's time. Uh, no, sorry, you don't qualify. Or those payments were uh, uh, received late, even though they weren't. 99% of people get uh, turned down, even though they're totally legit. It's a huge scam. Wow. It's a scandal. Anyway, it's not just the military, of course, writes uh, David. I'm a teacher married to a prosecutor, and we both got screwed by this as well. The Democrats were talking about a general student loan amnesty a while back. How about just keeping the promises of the program? Yeah, I uh, boy, I would like to talk about this at length. Um, I know somebody very well who went into the military with the whole idea they pay for college, and then the reality of it was you just can't make it happen. There's just no way you can make it happen. They don't get oh. your money to you on time to where you can ever sign up for classes, and it's just and then you give up, and everybody gives up. You would have to work 60 hours a week fighting the bureaucracy, and even then you would probably fail. And everybody gives up. And it's, it's, it, it should be a giant scandal. It should have been for years. The example I'm using goes back 25 years, something like but that. But one, one more thing I really wanted to squeeze in from this note. The government loves to shovel out cash to bums and junkies, illegal immigrants, and crazy idiotic programs that do nothing, like tree equity, or actually harm our society. To, but to people who actually work their asses off for the government and public service, yes, we exist. Nope, screw you. Yeah, we got to talk about that more later. That that should, everybody should be aware of that. Uh, the whistleblower, the Facebook whistleblower that's been getting so much attention, she was on sixty Minutes last night, and you'll hear a little bit from her coming up. And why should we? You should all hate Facebook. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. you had a nice weekend like i said at the opening of the show i think mark zuckerberg's gonna have a rough week he's got an employee who'd been leaking the wall street journal for the last month or so causing all the conversations about instagram and what facebook knows about the damage they do to the to to, to kids and adults and politics around the world and yeah it, interesting gal too i mean she's like a crazy smart uh, physics and computer science woman and they really want the women in stem these days the problem is and they should have rooted this out in the interview problem is she has a conscience <laughs> so was a bad hire at facebook so yeah so she was anonymous in the wall street journal stuff from well that's just like a week or so ago and then she's on 60 minutes last night and uh, she's testifying before Congress this week. So that is all unfolding pretty damn fast. And, oh, my God, I can't imagine the way the Congress people are licking their chops. Oh, boy, something that there's a no-lose situation. I just come out as hard as I want against Facebook, and it's just nothing but glory for me. Right. right. If I grandstand against, I don't know, mollusk fishermen, that's fun. But this is the big time. <laughs> I'm really going to get on the local news saying something strong. Anywhere, this is Francis Hogan. Uh, let's hear from her on 60 Minutes last night. The thing I saw at Facebook over and over again was there were conflicts of interest between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. And Facebook over and over again chose to optimize for its own interests, like making more money. I've seen a bunch of social networks, and it was substantially worse at Facebook than anything I'd seen before. You know, someone else might have just quit and moved on. And I wonder why you take this stand. Imagine you know what's going on inside of Facebook, and you know no one on the outside knows. I knew what my future looked like if I continued to stay inside of Facebook, which is person after person after person has tackled this inside of Facebook and ground themselves to the ground. 
When and how did it occur to you to take all of these documents out of the company? At some point in 2021, I realized, okay, I'm going to have to do this in a systemic way, and I have to get out enough that no one can question that this is real. So as she said there, behind the scenes, they prioritize uh, clicks and profits over uh, damage being done to society every time. Yeah, and coming from the right sort of person, that could just be whining. But the fact that she'd worked at multiple social media outlets and and said Facebook was just markedly worse, that well, gets, gets my attention. Yeah, let's to get to that. She compares it to, uh, to, to Instagram and Facebook to other things. One of the Facebook internal studies that you found talks about how Instagram harms teenage girls. Oh, yeah. One study says... 13.5% of teen girls say Instagram makes thoughts of suicide worse. 17% of teen girls say Instagram makes eating disorders worse. And what's super tragic is Facebook's own research says as these young women begin to consume this eating disorder content, they get more and more depressed, and it actually makes them use the app more. And so they end up in this feedback cycle where they hate their bodies more and more. Facebook's own research says it is not just that Instagram is dangerous for teenagers, that it harms teenagers. It's that it is distinctly worse than other forms of social media. So I was watching this last night and thinking if Zuckerberg would be more honest, I, I think I think he'd be better off. I think if he'd say, yeah, look, I, I realize there's a whole bunch of people on Facebook that use it to uh, promote conspiracy theories or whack job ideas or whatever, but most people don't. And it's impossible to have an algorithm that feeds people what they want without... Um, without having that happen. If you want Red Sox fans to get all the information about the Red Sox fed to them, if you want people who like camping to get all the camping information and in groups fed to them, etc., etc., you're going to have this, and it's a small percentage. It's just it's just the way messaging is going to work until you somebody know, comes up with a magic bullet for that. Boy, I think you're absolutely right. I think that's a great point. He's just too cagey. Yeah, I I think denying that it's happening or pretending he doesn't know. I I don't have the statistics on that. I'll get back to you, Uh, which, you know, after you listen to her, you know, are just absolutely blatant lies. They sit around and have meetings about this sort of stuff all the time. Right. Um, He knows exactly what's going on and what what drives this and that. But I think if he'd make the the argument that. Look, it's like blaming, I don't know, he wouldn't say this because I'm sure he's anti-gun, but it's like blaming gun makers for school shootings, or it's like blaming uh, Honda for drunk drivers. Most people aren't going to drive cars drunk, but some people are, but when they do, it's not the fault of the car manufacturer. I think if he said that, he'd be fine. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, I think the metaphor I'd probably use is if I were Mark Zuckerberg, and, and I'm not, um, is that look? We we've assembled you know X number of billion human beings. You're going to get a certain amount of aberrant behavior. That's just true. And and for us to choke off all of it would be like trying to design a traffic system that was efficient enough to have people get to work and the commerce to flow, but slow enough that nobody ever got in a wreck. And that's just not possible. Right. I left out part of it, um, which would be an important piece of this. If he wanted to really lean on the culture of free speech, I think he'd have a lot of people behind him. Look, I. I believe in a culture of free speech in this country and people saying what they want, except if you're going to be like, you know, forbidding the New York Post article about Hunter Biden on your site, you don't get to make that argument and blows that thing out of the water. 
Well, yeah, and he doesn't mean it. Not that it's beyond him to lie, but no, he would he would never make that argument because he's not into it. I also think he could easily make the argument that, and I have no reason to stand up for Mark Zuckerberg. It's just on some of this stuff I was thinking, I don't think there's any way around this. I think he could say, I think uh, Dorsey at Twitter could say, um, look, if we come up with a system that bans all this conversation and it's going to bring down a lot of other conversation too, It'll be next week when there's a different platform that allows it, and and they're doing it. It it, yeah. it, it doesn't. It's going to exist. Yeah. Well, as you know, I uh, think Marcus Zuckerberg is a force for evil on the earth. I think history will show that he is uh, definitely a well a force for evil. On the other hand, uh, I hate when these guys try to be censors. It's always right. terrible. That's where the cure is yeah. almost always worse than the disease. And it, and to me, that's what gives them no cover for the other argument of, look, there's no stopping this. If they would lean toward people get to say what they're going to say, I think they'd be better off. One more, because she gets into the whole uh, profit situation. One of the consequences of how Facebook is picking out that content today is it is optimizing for content that gets engagement or reaction. But its own research is showing that content that is hateful, that is divisive, that is polarizing... It's easier to inspire people to anger than it is to other emotions. Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site, they'll click on less ads, they'll make less money. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I hate Facebook, I don't have it, and I think Mark Zuckerberg, I decided last week, I've now, I'm now on Joe's side where I think he actually might be a bad person. I, don't, I doubt he started out that way, but I think now he's just so driven to be such a giant company and wealthy and stuff that he ignores things but um uh why did i say that oh like why am i an apologist for facebook and mark zuckerberg today but listening to that right there so what are you angry about human nature i mean what do you you want me to change human nature or what yeah people are more interested in content that gets them all riled up what am i supposed to do that i can shut down facebook but there'll be a different one tomorrow as long as something like this is going to exist there's going to be a lot of people that gravitate toward the angry stuff. Just, I don't know what else to do about it. Yeah, it would be nice to change that impulse in human nature by, you know, quashing Facebook or reining them in or something like that. But I think it's much more possible to just educate people, to make them under, to help them understand. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Every time I'm on this damn app, I come away angry and exhausted. And then they hear something like this. Wait a minute. So Facebook knows the way to keep me around longer is to make me angry? And they're doing that intentionally? This is an abusive relationship. I quit. And or I'm going to keep it at arm's length. They certainly could do a lot more to uh, like PSAs about their own company, no doubt. If they said something like, look, we believe in a culture of free speech at Facebook. We want people to be able to say what they want. You know, um, whatever the the thing is about uh, the best disinfectant for bad ideas is sunlight, all that sort of stuff. Say all those kind of things, which are all true. Uh, and and then, you know, some sort of PSA about um, don't find yourself getting caught up in angry content. Hit, hit, hit people with some of those percentages from your own damn studies, Facebook. Say this percentage of teenagers... Uh, um, uh, their 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 problems are exacerbated by Instagram. We highly recommend parents keep te- teenagers off Instagram. I think they should do stuff like that. Or or remind kids, look, if you're starting to feel bad about your body, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But they don't, they don't, and they're evil. You know, just remember, every relationship with Facebook is a toxic relationship. 
or, and or the greatest minds of our generation are trying to make it more toxic for you. The only reason I'm thinking of these things that he could say and slight tweaks he could make is just this sort of thing isn't going to go away. You could shut down Facebook no. tomorrow and there'd be something else. Yeah. Now, uh, so where where is that argument weak that I'm making? Because couldn't a drug dealer say, hey, if I don't sell drugs on this high school corner, some other guy's going to. Yeah, I suppose. But we're talking about the exchange of messages, which is an extremely difficult thing to regulate, particularly, you know, in our uh, and thank God we have it. Uh, First Amendment protected society. God, I think he'd only have to make minor tweaks to his messaging and the way they do things. And he'd have most pe- more people on his side, and he and, and, and he could make the argument, hey, we're going to be better at this than the next guy that tries to do it. We're going to allow more free speech. But that's not what they're doing. A couple of stray thoughts. I find myself wondering whether this is just something humanity can't handle. <laughs> and back at the Garden of Eden, God, was, God put the apple on the tree. The tree and of he knowledge. Was thinking, the tree of knowledge. And <clears throat> all the interpretations of that through history have been wrong. Because at the beginning, God said, that apple is Facebook. Now wait, wait for it. <laughs> oh, wait it's it. knowledge. It's you know clothing. It's whatever. It's sin. No, no. It's Facebook. Wait for it. <laughs> so God had the, he had the internet. He saw it way out there in the distance. Of course. He's God. Of course he is. The Bible. And that's what that, I've been that's saying right, now. Sir. That's what I've been saying now for years. I don't think humanity can handle the internet. Unplug it. I don't think we can we can adjust to it. Now I know they've said that about the printing press and television and I don't know, probably all kinds of things, but I'm not sure humanity can handle the internet. She gets into the interview on 60 minutes some part uh, point maybe we'll talk about this later about what it's done in of uh, uh, other countries. Um, uh, revol- oh, whether gosh, it's totalitarians yeah. controlling the people or revolutions or all kinds of different things. Ethnic uh, genocide. Genocide, yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm not right. sure ha- the humanity can handle the internet. All right, one more thought, very briefly. Uh, we were talking about young young girls, young women, and, and Facebook and Instagram and the rest of it. Got a really nice note from Jeff, who is raising a a daughter, and he said he appreciates some of the things I've said through the years about raising girls, uh, being the dad to girls, and he suggested we talk about it on one of our on-demand podcasts. Or, I'm sorry, on one of our uh, One More Thing podcasts. So I thought I would put the word out, dads who are raising or have raised girls, little girls, teenage girls, maybe they're grown women now. What did you learn? What's a pearl of wisdom? What what did you do that worked? Um, what would you suggest to Jeff, who's raising girls right now? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, and we'll feature that on the podcast. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Wow, that's awesome. Jeff Bezos just made a major space announcement. We'll pass it. Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos. <laughs> Among other things that are on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You don't want the piston cut. Ha ha. Yeah. Ka-chow. Hey. Hey, Lightning, what are you doing? That's my sister, buddy. Not tonight, Mater. Hey, come on, Lightning. Why her? Power. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Power? Is that yes. what he says? <laughs> yes. Which made me, like, spit out my soup or whatever I was eating at the time. Oh, why my sister? Why her, Lightning? Power. <laughs> Owen Wilson, very disgusted with the new Cars 4 script on Saturday Night Live. 
Beautiful. And it's funny, it was obviously the juxtaposition of the charm of cars with, you know, something sure. tawdry, like a Me Too sort of thing. Indeed. Um, and Owen Wilson <laughs> is having, and, and the crowd, it was funny, Owen Wilson comes out, he's the host of Saturday Night Live in the season premiere on Saturday night. He comes out and he, they're doing this, hey, Owen Wilson, welcome, and did Cars 4, and you're blah, blah, blah. And he just walks in and says, ka-chow, and the whole crowd cheers like crazy, just hearing him say ka-chow. Wow. Made everybody cheer because it was just so cool. Because you're either a kid who watched it as a kid or an adult who had, you know, you raised kids watching it or whatever. So then immediately they go into the uh, the tawdry stuff. But the, the so the punchline is, he says, I'm not doing this. I mean, this is a beloved character. I'm not going to do these lines. I'm not going to be a part of this. Hey, the contract from Disney just came in. You might want to take a look at this. <laughs> and he says, this is just for this one movie. All right, roll the tape, you know, basically. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um. Oh, and oh by, the, of, by the by, I think our guy, what's his face, who did the Trump tape for us? Yeah, he, he's Biden too. Does a heck of a good Biden. And was he, I think he was the Mater guy. I think he was doing Mater there in that sketch. Wouldn't surprise cars. me. So yeah, it was, it was cool to see somebody we kind of know uh, have a big hit on Saturday Night Live. So speaking of Saturday Night Live, they had one sketch where they're kind of poking fun at the whole idea of billionaires in space, and you got Jeff Bezos in space, and and uh, Richard Branson in space. And, Yes, Jeffrey Bezos. And Elon Musk in space, and they're all up there in space competing with each other, which is kind of funny. Uh, But Jeff Bezos just announced this. Star Trek's Captain Kirk is set to go boldly where no actor has gone before. William Shatner will blast off on a Blue Origin capsule on October 12th. So here in just a couple of days. (laughs) At age 90, Shatner will actually go into space and be the oldest person to ever go into space. 90 and fat. Is this a good idea? Jeff Bezos is going to kill Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk's a badass man. He can handle it. Yeah, 1967 he was. So there wow. you go. Captain Kirk actually in space. He's got to wear the shirt, years. right? He's got to wear the shirt. Mm, Going to have to have that thing custom made. <laughs> I, I love Bill Shatner. I think he's fantastic. Well, if he wants to do it, God bless him. You know, he's 90. If it kills him, eh, what a way to go. Yeah, true. Like, if I'm 90 years old, I think I'll take my chances. Um, uh, Kicking off hour two, we'll talk a little bit about the legislation. If you're wondering where we all are on that, the turn us into France legislation that is dead for now, but the vote is scheduled for the end of October, which is interesting. But more on that, hour two. Oh, and another note from the world of science, if I may, and... Your your background theme is those of us who grew up in the 20th century with the government food pyramid. What a fraud. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It is now beyond any debate whatsoever. <sighs> Giant study, overweight people who ate fewer carbohydrates and increased their fat intake had significant improvements in their cardiovascular disease risk factors. You know, you don't want to just hammer down bacon all day. But, uh, for instance, the illustration here is olive oil and, and salmon and nuts and that sort of thing. Uh, going on a low-carb diet, long been a popular weight loss strategy, but some doctors and nutrition experts have, have advised against it over fears that it could increase the risk of heart disease since it involves fats, including saturated fats. But one of the largest, most rigorous trials of the subject to date suggests that eating a diet low in carbohydrates and higher in fats may be beneficial for your cardiovascular health if you are overweight. Um, I read this thing at, at risk, at length rather. You still want to eat fiber-rich foods, fresh fruits, vegetables, nuts, beans, lentils, that sort of thing. Yeah. But you're so much better 
with with a uh, with a steak than uh, a bowl of pasta. Uh, doesn't surprise me a bit. Um, they also need to get away. Okay, that's fine. Have the chart for people who are going to like be super, you know, sticklers for it. But most people aren't. They should they should aim everything at like the normal person. The normal person is going to just kind of lean one direction or the other. They're not going to come close to eating fruits, vegetables, and lentils and staying away from this. They just, people aren't. I know Mm -hmm. people who do, and they're annoying. But most people aren't. So it should just be lean this direction instead of leaning this direction. Oh, how about this? We have like five different charts, depending on how serious you are about being healthy, from the I'm an ultra marathoner chart, which would have, you know, the various foods and fruits and vegetables and lentils, to the I can barely pay attention long enough to look at your chart chart. And (laughs) then it'd just be like, all right, avoid carbs and don't drink paint. I mean, that might be a whole thing. Don't huff paint. <laughs> and that would be it. But those of us who are kind of in the middle, we'd see, oh, okay, so like, uh, you know, fish is good and fats are good. Stay away from the un- the processed flour and blah, blah, blah. That'd be great. Ah, oh, what are you doing with my sister, buddy? Why my sister? Power! <laughs> we'll, we'll kick off hour two talking about the legislation a little bit. If you missed an hour, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.